Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to welcome back to the show my friend, Trisha Sheehan. Hey, Trisha. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm great. I hope you are. I um, would want to, and before we start, I would love to encourage everyone to make sure that they go back and listen to our episode from, it's probably been at least a year ago when we talked about science versus scientism. And it was such a great episode and arguably definitely still relevant today. So <laughs> thanks for coming back on the show. And we're going to talk about a completely different topic today. And I am personally very excited to listen to what Trisha has to say, because she's going to give us some expert tips on organization and decluttering. And this is not going to be one of those overwhelming laundry lists of things that you need to do. But instead, she's going to share with us some of the principles that she's learned because she is a consultant in training on the Con Marie method. So for all of those who have watched Marie Kondo on TV, this is her program that Trisha is a consultant in training with. And so she is here to share with us six really important tips to help us declutter our lives. So all that to say, welcome back again. And Trisha, tell us a little bit about um, why you got into this and why you think it's important to declutter our lives. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me too. Um, the reason that I got into this is when I was um, doing my coaching, um, which focused on health with people, the, the topic always came up about the state of the home. And it was a very common theme that the home was just very cluttered and it was a place where there was a lot of stress and overwhelm and, you know, put a strain on relationships and it just kept coming up time and time again. And I really wanted to be able to help people with that. And um, I've just been an organization nerd since I was a kid and my brother and my sister used to pay me to clean their rooms when we were just in, you know, elementary school, and middle school. So <laughs> it's just something that I've been nerding out on for a while. And so when I started investigating different methodologies, different approaches to organization, the one method that I felt like was really different and really resonated with me was the Marie Kondo method. Mm -hmm. And she's so different because her whole philosophy sparks on, uh, is a spark, it's called spark joy. And so the idea is that it's not about becoming a minimalist. It's not about just getting rid of as, as much as possible. It's really about creating a space where you have things that you truly use and love. So you walk through this process of, you know, touching each item and saying, does this really spark joy for me? And if it's like, you know what, actually, I hate it when I wear that or I never use it, then mm -hmm then you just can say, um, you know what, it's time to, to thank it for whatever it did for me and let it move on to bless someone else. Right. And it's so funny because it's like, it seems, I mean, it kind of seems odd, right? Like, oh, really? I do that with my stuff. But what a great way to, because I think what we do is we hold on to all the stuff because even knowing that we're not going to wear it again or whatever because it holds some memory or that kind of thing. But it's funny, interesting that, you know, you give, you go through that small little 
exchange with the item and then it's kind of like you allowed it to release from your life in some way. Right. So, um, I think so often we're just not willing to do that. (laughs) And so, um, I think that can be a really, really powerful, really powerful exercise. Yeah. And and people kind of learn to reframe the approach about deciding what to keep and what to, to give away or to Mm -hmm. sell. And, you know, there's a lot of guilt around, well, I spend money on it, so I should keep it. And we just reframe that. Like you may have spent money on it a few years ago. And in that season of your life, that was a good decision. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in this season of your life, it's not working for you anymore. And that is perfectly okay. And that using the um, measuring stick of how much money you paid for it is just, that's not the approach we're going to use anymore. We're going to use it to look at, you know, what, what brings me joy and what's useful in my life and just kind of shifting the mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know you've got some really great tips to share with us today. So let's dive right into those. And what is your first expert tip for us? Sure. So the first tip um, that I really love is called Name What Matters. And this concept was popularized by Kendra Adachi, who's a professional organizer. And I really love it because it encourages us to step back and say, you know, what really matters to me? Because some of the things we do are just on autopilot. And we may not realize like, wait, we don't actually have to do it that way. And an example that I really like to use with folks is is about the laundry. (laughs) A lot of people really struggle with laundry. And um, there's a lot of stress around getting it done, getting it all folded up, getting it put away. But I like to ask them, is that really what matters? Is that the clothes are, you know, so neatly, perfectly folded up in the drawer? Or is what actually matters that the people in our household wear clean clothes? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can I just pause and tell you how much I love that? Because here's the thing, in my house, our adult clothes are semi-folded in a nice way, but I don't do that with like my workout clothes because why would I do that? That just doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah. it, but in my kids, the our, my kindergartner, first grader, and third grader are responsible for putting their own clothes away. But I just choose to not open their drawers because it. <laughs> I don't like what I see in there. However, <laughs> they know where their stuff is their socks aren't matched. Like it is a disaster. And I've tried to be like, Hey, it'd be easier for you to get ready in the morning. If you match your socks when you put your stuff away. And I figure that someday if that's important to them, they'll start doing it. And I just kind of let it go. So I'm so, that is amazing to hear. Thank you. I feel so edified. Like, I feel like I was doing it wrong, (laughs) but maybe I'm not. (laughs) No, you're not doing it wrong because it's work. You said is really, you know, nailed it on the head is that they can find their own things. And if they're not coming to you, like, help me with this, I can't find that. And that's very stressful. And that's, you know, putting too much on you to help, you know, six people in the house all find their stuff. So if they can find it on their own, it really doesn't matter if it's, if the drawers are a mess or if it's not perfectly folded. And some people I say, you know, just have the clean clothes in a laundry basket and, they can grab it from there. And as long as they're not um, asking you to be involved in finding of things, Mm -hmm. then it works for you. And like, you just have to rethink it like, oh, oh, I don't have to, like, I thought I did for some reason, but it's not actually true. On a side note, though, it's a really great, great consequence, especially for boys when they get in trouble to make them go find all the unmatched socks in the house. (laughs) 
and match them. They literally hate that more than anything. And it like, to me, I'm like, yes, finally we have matched socks. But anyway, sorry, side note. <laughs> that's, that's a, a that's great, a great example. <laughs> what other examples do you have for name what matters? Um, I think another one is about cooking at home. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea of eating together and, you know, he, you hear all over the place, you know, you have, it's important to sit down for a family dinner every single night. And then there's a lot of like guilt around that not happening. But the problem is that it depends on the season of life you're in a lot of the time. Like if you have, um, Ooh, Trish, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. It, we not we went out for just a second, but I can hear you now. You're great. Okay. Um, so for example, in terms of eating dinner together every night, you know, if you're if if it's a household where kids split time between two different homes, or you know, the kids, you know, even have a job or they have different sports, and it's just not really gonna work right in this season of life to have dinner together every night, maybe that isn't what matters. Like maybe what matters is that you have Sunday evenings together, or maybe it's, you know, it's a game night, not necessarily a meal, or maybe it's mm-hmm. breakfast together. Like what really matters is that your family spends time together, but it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be every night. So mm-hmm. like rethinking what actually matters can release you from the guilt around not doing it the way you're quote unquote supposed to do it. Yeah. I have an example about that on, um, on evenings that would just seem really crazy and like the kids are hungry early and Wiggy's getting home later for, from work. Um, a lot of times like we'll just, we'll sit down with them while they eat, but we don't eat until later on because it's just easier to do it that way. And we're yeah. still spending time together or they might even be done eating, but we'll still like sit down around the table and talk about everyone's day or, you know, that kind of thing. But we're not actually ingesting food all at the same time. So right. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great example. What is tip number two? Um, so number two is called decide once only. So we get to the point where the, we have a lot of decision fatigue, because if you think throughout your day, you have just so many different decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to make a few of them easier. And so I like to help people think through, like, if there's something that has to be decided, but it's not joyful for you, then simplify it. Like, for example, some people love picking their outfit in the morning, and they think that's very fun. And so that doing that every day, if there's someone who that's a chore, it does not bring joy for them. I would say just decide once you put together you know, maybe it's seven outfits and you just rotate through them and there's no decision mm-hmm. to be, to be made at all. Yeah, that's great. And I, is that also true that like, that is that with that example, right? If there's too much stuff in the closet or it's really disorganized, that can make it really stressful to try to find the outfit, right? It exactly. would you, yeah, yeah. I figured that might be part of it. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And I mean, I, I talk about this a lot with, and I think what you're talking about within health coaching, that people don't realize how much all the decisions that they're making and the way that they're stressing about food, um, and that kind of thing really just makes you less able to focus on the things that matter and to make good decisions because we're making too many of them. And so, yeah. And so automating those processes can help 
a lot as well, like you said. And that's one way you do that is, well, my outfit's already picked out. I don't have to worry about that today. Right. So what are some other examples? I mean, you touched on food and for for some people who love to cook and that brings joy, then that's wonderful. But, you know, for a lot of people that doesn't necessarily bring a lot of joy and it's, you know, another decision that's very difficult and stressful every day. So I say, let's not reinvent the wheel. You don't have to come up with, you know, new recipes all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you come up with patient and mm-hmm. stick with it. And then there's nothing yeah. wrong at all with, you know, taco Tuesdays or crockpot Mondays. Right. And that might just be what works better for some people rather than I got to find another recipe um, this week and meal planning becomes such a chore. Instead, you know, you've got your basic set and you're, you're good to go. You just pull one of them out, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you kind of how we do food because I don't know, it's really like not sexy by any means, but it works for us. On Sunday evenings, Wiggy grills a whole bunch of meat and we eat it that night hot off the grill and we try to do things that that keep well. And then we alternate. It's usually two different meats. Whatever nights that we're going to be eating at home, we alternate between those two, except for Tuesday nights, which is small group. And I make soup in my Instant Pot every week for that. And that's it. And we, I just put veggies in my air fryer every night and get a whole bunch of veggies already chopped up, throw them in my air fryer for 10 minutes and that's dinner. So (laughs) it's not revolutionary, but it works really well for us and it's delicious. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that also helps you organize your shopping list. It's, you know, you have some basics that you know, you always need. So making your list is much easier and simpler and um, organizing your pantry becomes simpler because you know, you know, the types of food items you use together to create those certain meals and um, yep. everything Simple just goes so much smoother. Yeah. Yeah. And people think, hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds so repetitive and terrible, but it's really not. There's so many different kinds of vegetables. There's so many different cuts of meat. There's so many different types of dry rubs and that kind of thing that he yeah. uses. And there's infinite numbers of soups. And with that, I often just throw in whatever we have left over that needs to be eaten. And it almost always turns out pretty amazing. So, um, and then of course I just have my list of things that I get for my, for kids lunches and for breakfast and that kind of thing. And it's, it's really simple and, um, very streamlined, like you said. So I'm a huge decision fatigue. Um, what do you, what do you call it? What's the opposite of an advocate? Whatever that is, I'm (laughs) right. right? Get automate as much as possible and only, um, and only, you know, make those decisions on a regular basis with those things that you really like doing, right? Like my mom loves to cook. It's one of her favorite things to do. She loves to spend hours making something delicious that people enjoy. To me, that is like punishment. I don't (laughs) want to do that ever. I don't want to do it. My goal is to spend the least time in the kitchen possible and produce something that everyone enjoys and eats. And like, to me, the, the less time it takes, and the happy, if everyone's happy, then we are good. Like that is a win. So. Absolutely. And sometimes people <laughs> just need like, per- to hear they have permission to do it that way. So this is your sign, yeah. you know, everybody yeah. has permission to just do what works for you. Right. Yeah. It's that whole, um, you know, projecting onto ourselves, other people's values. Right. And exactly. so 
you know, sure. Like, um, I, I, there are, there are absolutes and there are truths and that kind of thing. But for, from this perspective, as far as how to run your home and your family, when it comes to making sure everyone's provided for, it's like, what works for you, right? There's no, it's not wrong that you don't cook dinner in the oven every night. That's not wrong. Exactly. (laughs) all your people got fed. You are doing great. (laughs) When we name what matters, it's that people are eating. (laughs) That's right. And they're happy, right? They ate it and we're good. So awesome. What is expert tip number three? So tip number three, I really recommend that you give every, everything a home. So Otherwise, when things don't have a home, you end up having like a basically a big open air junk drawer and it's typically in the kitchen. Every Mm -hmm. home, you know, every home has its hot spots where things just get dumped. And a lot of that is because it's just like you don't know where it goes. It's just like random things like a rubber band and a rock. And right. Oh, there are rocks. (laughs) rocks and sticks in my house all the time. Exactly. You, you share your tip on, on all of that. And then I will share my, my strategy. Cause I just actually executed on my strategy this morning. So. <laughs> okay. Go for it. I mean, when my kids were a little younger, they're getting, they're aging out of the, you know, bringing home of pet rocks type things. But when they did come home with them and, you know, they felt very attached to it and I didn't want to take that away from them. So I would just say, okay, all of them are going in this one bin. Mm-hmm. And then when we feel like the bin is getting pretty full, we can choose some favorites and the rest can go back in the yard. <laughs> right. But it right. always had a home. So there was not a rock in the bedroom and another rock in the laundry room and another rock in the bathtub. And they didn't end mm-hmm. up all over the place because they knew exactly where they belonged. And then they, when they wanted to find it again, they knew exactly where to go and didn't have to ask me. Hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. My strategy is anything like anything that they love that they bring into my house that has to live in the kitchen um which like you said that's where everything seems to live um i usually give it a day or two and then once i find that no one's paid attention to that thing and it hasn't moved then i dispose of it however i need to do that so like you said <laughs> the rocks go back in the woods the like favorite thing that you made out of a box that you found in the recycling bin, it goes back in the recycling bin, like, you know, yeah, yeah. and every now and then the, like the plastic junk that they get at, you know, from school and prize boxes and that kind of thing. Every now and then when it ends up in the trash, they'll be like, Hey, what happened to my smiley ring or whatever. And um, I'm just always, <laughs> I'm sometimes like, Oh, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe you lost it. <laughs> No, I, I usually will fast up. No, they'll always be like, mommy, you threw it away. But um, that only happens like once per year per kid. Like it's not, nobody cares that much because yeah, they, they've moved on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. And so <laughs> anyway. Another strategy that I used um, when we had more of those like, you know, birthday party trinket type things coming home was I would put them in this big plastic pumpkin that I had. And they would go out on Halloween. And yes. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure exactly how that would go, but we found out from some neighbors that the kids really loved coming to our house because it was like a treasure hunt for them to find something interesting and different. And, you know, I just didn't want to give out candy because that didn't really align with my whole mm-hmm. health, health coaching approach. I wanted to give something different. And yeah. it was, you know, it was such a win-win. Like the kids really enjoyed it. 
unique treasure and hunting through it. And I didn't spend any money and I didn't give them even more candy. So it just kind of worked for everybody. That is a great strategy. I love that. I love that. All right, let's move on to tip number four. I really like this one. I can't wait to hear like a little bit more detail about it. Okay. So tip number four is to declutter first and then tidy. And the reason that's important is because if you're going to tidy everything up first, you're going to basically waste a lot of time and you're also not going to be able to create a good system because you're going to store things that are going to end up going away. And so, for example, if you're doing redoing your linen closet, um, you need to know exactly what you're working with. And then if you're going to get bins or baskets to get the exact right number and, um, and make sure that everything fit. So that mm-hmm. is something that people, you know, tend to not do. They think I'm going to straighten it up and then I'll decide what of. And it's just not as effective at all. Do you recommend like pulling everything out first and just kind of, you know, keep, don't keep before you start organizing kind of thing or go through a room and be like, okay, before I organize all this stuff, let me survey to see what's here that I don't actually need anymore. 100%. Or not need. I'm sorry. That doesn't bring me joy anymore. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and this kind of ties in tip as well, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, doing it by category, not location. So for example, for example, toys, if you have toys in the playroom and in the bedroom and in the family room, you need to get them all together in one place. And that way you can really see the quantity that you have. Mm. People are typically shocked by the quantity of things, whether it's toys or clothes or tools or sports equipment, whatever it is, they just say, I never realized I had this quantity. This is not the quantity that I would like to have. Mm-hmm. And then you can also sort through duplicates and say, you know, I don't need 30 tennis I don't need three hammers. Um, right. You know, we don't need 15 teddy bears. And mm-hmm. then you can really truly know what you have and, um, and, declutter, and declutter it that way. That's but, awesome. You know, pulling it all into one pile is is a key part of the KonMari method because you sometimes just sort of need that shock factor of exactly yeah. what you really have. That's great. That's great. I love that. Um, and then our, your last tip, which we kind of touched on this a little bit, but tell us your last tip. Cause it might be my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Compare yourself to other people or Pinterest or social media. Um, you know, Pinterest pictures are so staged and an interior decorator friend of mine said, you wouldn't believe the tricks that we use, like the photography tricks and lighting tricks we use to make those pictures look like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's just not real life, but we forget that. It's yeah. Like, that's not really, you know, how someone is living day to day. And it's, you know, when perfection is the goal, we'll never be happy because yeah. it's impossible to keep that up, whether it's because of kids or a busy lifestyle or whatever it is, I mean, if, if your goal is to be perfect, then your happiness will always be at point in the future. That's not reachable. Yeah. That's a good one. I always joke, like I don't even go on Pinterest because it makes me feel like I don't like the way I feel when I'm looking at all that. So it's just not helpful to me. Cause I'm all, I'm definitely not going to do any of that. 
And then um, I also don't watch like HGTV because I do the same thing. I start looking for things where I don't see them. And um, for me, I'm not like a great like decorator or anything like that. And I don't really I love like the finished product, but the process of it and like going to Home Goods and then Hobby Lobby and this and all that, that is not fun for me. Like that is so overwhelming. I'm just not good at it and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. So I have a friend who is not officially like an interior designer or decorator, but she loves doing it. And she's got a whole bunch of kids and she um, stays home with them, but she loves taking on these projects and helping people out. So it's like a win-win for everybody. You know, she gets to make a little bit of money and help create a beautiful space. And then those of us that don't enjoy doing that and just want it to be done and look good are like, oh, wow, this is the best thing ever. So um that's my approach to all things interior design. And so far, <laughs> it's just, um, I, I, I just, it gets very overwhelming for me quickly. Now, my husband does enjoy some of that. So he's really good at having an eye for potential of spaces. But um, as far as is really hands on, like the practical, um, you know, oh, well, how many, how many trinkets should I have on this table to not feel so over like she's just really great with that stuff. So I think it's just okay for us to not love everything and to outsource where we're, we don't love things and we're not good at them and to just kind of be okay with what we like and not look to create strife for ourselves where it doesn't have to exist. <laughs> exactly. And you can't do it all all the time. And so just mm -hmm. releasing and saying, I'm going to focus on what I love and what I'm good at and what matters to me. And I'm going to let the rest go. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about what anybody else thinks about it or keeping up with the neighbors or, you know, having good things to post on social media, like just let that all go and, and just have a peaceful, happy life that brings you joy. Sure. It's so funny because um, when we started Mom Sanity about um, nine years ago, we, you know, kind of were like, we don't, I am not going to keep up with any kind of image. I had a new baby. Like, I'm just, this is me. This is how it is. Sometimes I have on makeup and have my hair done and sometimes I don't. And <laughs> um, sometimes my kitchen counter is clean and sometimes it's not. And so yeah. it's been really nice to just intentionally from the very beginning, never put on any like show like this is how it looks and here is my kitchen or my, wherever I am <laughs> so um, well I think that's it, why people love you and Debbie so much is you just realize really keep it real well we try that's the only way to be I always say like if I meet someone at the grocery store in a hot tizzy I don't want them to be like, well, man, she like acts and looks way different when I see her pictures on the social media. Right. So right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, that's okay. What you see is what you get. So that's right. anyway, um, Trisha, this is so helpful. And as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm kind of looking around my office because it's one of the areas that I probably should give a little bit more effort to sometimes it's not terrible, but sometimes 
when I'm working at a desk, like I actually do want it to be really tidy. So I'm not distracted, but, um, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to employ some of these methods. As soon as we get off the phone, I'm looking at this stack of paper beside of me. So anyway, (laughs) well, thank you so very much for, um, joining me today. And I will make sure to, um, give our audience some, a, a link with how they can find you or how you might be able to help them as well. If people need extra help and employing some of this. So thank you for sharing your wide expertise with us here on the podcast. And I can't wait to catch up with you again soon. All right. Thank you. Bye.